0: Welcome back everyone, here to finish up episode 1, side 2 of the mixtape, The Music That Made Us, and I'm joined here with my good friend, Chris Ballier. So how a Jamcast mixtape works, we each pick 9 tracks on a Spotify and YouTube playlist, and we take turns speaking about our picks. We will go into why we chose it, and some fun and interesting facts we found out along the way. So be sure to have your playlist ready, which is available on YouTube and Spotify. So chill out, drop in, drop out, whatever, and we're going to get started and push play on this episode. So have a good time, and we'll catch you all on the flip side. is just about music. I am super excited to start part two of this awesome journey. We are doing the music that made us. If you're ready, man, I'm ready to dig on in. I think I'm ready. I, yeah. Ready. All right. So you pick or play. I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass, pass. pass it pass. on to All the right. host with the most. That sounds great. So
1: where are you thinking of starting?
0: Hmm. I am going with urge overkill. Girl, you'll be a woman soon we're going to push play. Do it up. All right, guys, this is the part of the Jamcast where you get to choose your own adventure. You can either pause the podcast now and jump over to Spotify or YouTube and listen alongside us. Or you can just hang out for a few seconds and we'll be right back. It's really your call. No wrong answer. So right off the bat, you listen to that song, you immediately went where I thought you would go and where most people go. Straight to Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, right? Of course. So Pulp Fiction came out in 94. hmm mm-hmm. I was seven years old. Oh, wow. That's a lot to unpack. And of course, the most climactic part is, you know, where Uma Thurman is just dancing around listening to this song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then she snorts the heroin. Finds it in his pocket? I I mean, Oof. I didn't even know what's... I, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything. So it, it stuck with me. And that song, it's like hauntingly beautiful, right? It is. It is. <laughs> set set to that backdrop of, of that particular scene in
1: the movie. And uh, yeah, yeah, to... so (laughs) to have that as as your like immediate kind of association with this song as well that's
0: that's why i think it made a big big impact first off i love like i love he has that kind of like hauntingly eerie sound to him and i did a little research on this and this might just be me being naive but did you know that was a cover song really yeah neil diamond really it's a neil diamond song and urge overkill just put out an album i think in 2015 so they're still doing stuff never heard of them before know that song inside and out but i did not know it was a Neil like sweet caroline like interesting yeah now wait when when did that when did that song
1: come out from uh urge overkill like when did they do the cover 94 they it, came it, it out it was for the
0: soundtrack for the soundtrack that song was made yeah wow yeah that's really cool yeah Yeah, that's that's really cool, man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because a lot of songs aren't made for for movies. You know, they find songs and put it in unless it's an original track. But yeah, so that song was covered for the release of. So Quentin wanted that in there, Mr. Uh, Tarantino. That's pretty cool. Isn't that crazy? All right, all right, QT, I see you. Yeah. So, man, I would love to hear what your next pick is on this uh, mixtape.
1: My pick is going to be. I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Dave Matthews track "Granny" from the Live at
0: Central Park album that they put out. Right. And we're gonna push play right now. All right, guys, you know the drill. Either jump over to Spotify or YouTube, check out the playlist. If not, just hang out. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> the funny, strange,
1: weird scat man himself, Mister, can't always understand what you're talking about while you're playing live shows, Mister Dave Matthews. I love that track, man. That was uh, it's actually Dave Matthews like the, the first like real concert I ever went to. It was actually at the Hershey Park uh the Star Pavilion. Oh, okay. the little oh. outdoor theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thinking I was like I might have been like tenth grade or something. So after we went to that concert, I was like, I need to listen to some more Dave Matthews. And a friend of mine, she gave me, they're like, I think at the time it was four CDs that made up the Live at Central Park album. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like it was a four CD set that that, that she had burned for me, you know, (laughs) (laughs) back in the day. And I mean, there's a lot of notable tracks like they did there. But this one in particular really got me in my feels. You know, yeah. like when well, I mean, we like one of the first songs I heard, and it's like I, it 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 just it struck a chord in the hopeless romantic high schooler in me. There you go.
0: There you and go. like
1: it, I think it was just one of my favorite lines in there. It's like I say, it's love that's lacking here, although I know enough to spare it. Maybe it's up to you and I to share it with the light. Love that, and still to this day, I still absolutely love that particular line in there. And you know, it builds up really nicely. For the longest time, I didn't really understand what the track was actually about. I still don't think I do, but after (laughs) like going back and listening a few more (laughs) times to it, it's like, I really think he is, he is talking to probably like a grandmotherly figure, you know, just grandmotherly figure about love life and everything in between. And just kind of, you know, just being willing to put yourself out there into the world whenever you can. So the funny thing about this track, I didn't know. It never got an official release on any studio album in the band's earliest days and their earliest, you know, it it was recorded and Mm. it actually got cut from their first
0: uh, studio album. So they have a studio release version of the song just sitting in the tomb. It it was sitting in the tomb.
1: It was, I think it was the the 20th year anniversary of the album uh, under the table and dreaming put it on. I think there's like 19 different, live albums that they have put this <laughs> on. They have nineteen live albums. Oh they no, have Dave tons, has a huge, tons, tons of live albums. They
0: have a large discography
1: for sure. Yeah yeah there, there's lots of recordings but it is definitely one of those uh it's one of the fan favorite tracks oh cool. i'm not sure if you heard it in there you can hear everybody kind of singing back yeah, to him at the yeah. same time too which yeah. i always thought was like one of the coolest things oh in the world. that's rock
0: star that's that's rock star nirvana right uh,
1: absolutely i think that's what everybody wants you want people
0: to sing tracks wow. back to you What's a song you ever listen to the band Volpec? yeah yeah Yeah, the money back pocket did you it was madison square garden they play it and they just basically he sections off three quarter or three you know a third of the audience and has them like sing in different harmonies and he puts it all together and it's like an orchestra of people of crowd just random people saying we'll listen to it sometime that is super cool yeah full uh i think it's called back pocket is the name of the song and it was live madison square garden interesting okay that's a good one yeah take take a note what a first experience into live music no wonder you stuck with it man oh yeah regardless if you remembered anything (laughs) that is just an event to be i remember
1: going this is like the greatest experience of my (laughs) entire life
0: people do this all the time yeah right wait what (laughs) and the pavilion if i recall is not as big right it's not a very large like area. like hershey arena is an arena it's, yeah it's a huge yeah stadium. yeah the pavilion's not very it's not very it's all. not very big at all wow now dave has played like everywhere i mean and thousands
1: and thousands of people i mean you know live at live at central park right you know that's like a lot that's of
0: that's insanity it's like four cds worth of insanity four, yeah
1: exactly <laughs> exactly And they also play a bunch at the uh, other destination venue i want to make it out to uh the gorge the gorge. The Where gorge. Is that? I believe that's in Washington. Okay. The Washington State. Washington State. Okay. On hmm. the uh left coast there. Uh but yeah, it 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 overlooks just a massive gorge. Just big old the amphitheater.
0: Acoustic, the gorge. That I could imagine the acoustics in that that, oh, yeah. uh, that arena.
1: Oh yeah, that yeah. it, it, it's gotta be sick. So, so yeah, that is my that is my, my, my first pick.
0: That is an to, excellent one. And you've inspired started. me because you know I always sit here. We've only been doing this for a little bit of time, but when you're Playing your song, my mind is constantly reeling. Like, what is going to make sense to go next? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the mine is actually not. A, it's a departure from the music, but the connection is that it's a song given to me from my grandmother. And the song is "Nights in White Satin" by the Moody Blues. Get after it! Whoa! And that, my friend, is. I believe your first introduction to the Moody Blues. Uh, Yeah, I I really think it is. Yeah. Well, that album was their second album. And they were apparently in like super dire straits, like things weren't working out with the record label. And they were the first to be on DRAM, I think is how you say it. It it reminds me of Dream every time I see it, but it's D-E-R-A-M. Right. And they were producing a superior vinyl record that could capture all of the sound qualities that like are lost on traditional records for their album because it was it's the first like concept album. You said that when we were listening, like yeah. this looks like a concept <clears throat> album. It's the first, it's noted in the history books. I'm sure there were others before, but that's like the claim to fame for that album, Days of Future Past. I can see that. Which it's a concept album, just it's done with the orchestral in the back. So it was just so cool to kind of hear it opening, open up yeah. and bring it all forward oh, all those, those little subtleties filling in with, yeah. the, with, with, with the strings and the yeah. background it's really cool and it's telling a story and it has the concept behind it but the thing that got me is my grandmother gave me that song and she gave it to me I would say it was probably 20 I want to say 2015 I was down the shore in Cape May New Jersey with my family and my grandmother was down and my daughter and my wife and everyone and we were hanging out and I introduced the family to pick a song, you know, do you ever do that? Well, did you ever do that? I'm I'm so sorry. I forget what I'm asking. I'm talking to you Excuse me. I'm talking to you here. Absolutely. Chris, you understand what pick a song is. You know, we go around the horn and either pick a Pandora station or pick a song and each person picks a song, essentially making a live mixtape. What we're doing Ooh. right here. It sounds like a novel idea, right? <laughs> um, what a concept. So we were doing that all night with my parents. And it was fun because you have my stepdad who's into like 90s hip-hop, R&B type stuff. You have my brother who's into like new metal. You have my wife who's into the punk, pop, punk kind of pop area. Me, I go around with everything. But then my my grandmother comes in and she's like playing Nights in White Satin by Moody Blues. And she just rocked out to that song and chugged her wine and sat on the, the porch, just like loving every minute of the song. She said, your grandfather and I listen to that album all the time to get that from her and like see how much she was digging it. And I went back and listened to it and did all this research on it. And I'm like, whoa. My grandma was on something i was gonna there. say is that when yeah. you like
1: really truly realize that your grandma was way cooler than way you? <laughs> cooler than i thought she was or way cooler than me
0: right yeah way cooler than me because like our group of friends like prog rock is huge yeah you listen to that and that's prog rock what yeah. they did there was they made a symphony come in and made a concept album when no one else was doing that that's why it was progressive mm-hmm. it's it's a genre that has no bounds Prog rock's really cool in that that you can listen to a song from 1965 or six and listen to a song from 2020 and have the same kind of feeling in it. So now, I, I
1: hope you know I'm super excited to go back and, and listen to this entire album.
0: It's it has so the, the orchestral piece in um Knights in White Satin is repeated a lot. So it's like the same kind it's of a, it's a motif. Yeah, because like if route. you if you go through it, I have the vinyl here and I'm looking at the liner notes in the back. They it actually goes the day, you know, it follows a day in the person's life so side one is the day begins dawn dawn is a feeling the morning another morning lunch break peak hour these are just like the names of the song the afternoon forever afternoon tuesday question mark i have a theory that tuesday is the longest and arguably the worst day of the week because everyone's prepared for monday to be awful Nobody's prepared for Tuesday, Wednesday's hump day, Thursday. Your weekend's in sight. Mm, Friday's so day, yeah. yeah. So Tuesday, in my opinion, is just one oh, of Tuesday, the Tuesday, you're already in full swing. Yeah, it's already yeah. in full swing. It's just, it's just, it's just, it, it's just perpetual. Um, but they have a song on here called "Forever Afternoon." And in parentheses, it says Tuesday question mark. So I thought <laughs> that's funny. That's funny, and I was way before my time. Nineteen sixty-seven evening, the sunset, twilight time, the night, nights in white satin. So. Uh, we went granny dave matthews and then my my granny gave me "Knights and white satin and gave uh, gave gave us both "Knights and white satin yeah she she did she did, she did it because again job. super stoked to go back and listen yeah, to this yeah, check them. they have a huge discography too the, the moody blues have many other albums uh which i have not delved into and i, I would like to oh i like it well i yeah. I, I think just going by uh kind of uh, uh you know
1: progressive music moving with uh, uh you know kind of concepty concept albums In a sense, I think this is a good lead into some opath with some uh, Ghosts of Perdition. I'm excited you said that.
0: Yeah. So let's push play and give her a listen.
1: just bring you right back up. Right. when you think you're trailing off They're just going to like, that might be the most accelerates you again. It just
0: brings you up at the end. Like you weren't just on a journey for 10 minutes. Like, yeah.
1: all right. Yeah. We're just going to take us. Let's go. Let's go. But then, you know, that that's leading straight into another song, <laughs> right? you know, yeah, that, so I, that, 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 that whole album. Yeah. That, that whole album. So it, it's, it's funny just going about like, you know, the first concept album with, you know, the moody blues and uh, this, this album ghost reveries was originally made to be, a concept album until I forget what the very last song in the albums called right now. It's, it's escaped me, but uh, they liked the lyrics of that one so much and just liked it as a song as a whole. Even though it didn't fit conceptually with the rest of the album, they
0: decided, screw it, we're just gonna put it on there anyway. It's isolation years?
1: Yeah. And it's
0: only three minutes and 51 seconds. So, of course, it doesn't fit. It
1: doesn't fit the motif. It's made for radio.
0: (laughs) 10 minutes
1: apiece. (laughs) So, I guess the the original intended concept album was supposed to be about a story of a man's, you know, kind of turmoil after committing an unspeakable act. Oh. Yeah. And that's kind of what the whole thing was born out of. But I I love that track. That was the first Opeth song I had ever heard back in the Chippensburg days and oh, the college yes, years. Yes,
0: yes, yes, um, Dan, I feel like <clears throat> Danny McGuire might have helped he, you up to that. Or... He
1: might have been. He might have. He's a big Opeth fan. He's, he's a, a very, very big Opeth fan. It was him. as was actually sitting in his basement uh, one night, and um, we were all a little out there, and, right uh, you know, we were trying to pick each other's moods back up and I asked him, I was like, okay, if you had one song you wanted to listen to right now, that's just going to bring you out. What do you want to listen to? And he goes, put on, put on Opeth, put on ghost of perdition. I went and that was the first (laughs) time I heard it and I was terrified and I was intrigued. And at that time too, I still wasn't a huge fan of just, you know, cookie monster vocals, but you know, what really balanced it out though is, you know, you get this, this other side of the, of the coin where it's very beautiful clean soft wonderful vocals and also going in between like you know all the really hard heavy hitting parts with really really heavy electric guitar and then moving into like an acoustical arrangement midway through the song changes everything hearing this 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 type of super progressive you know long-winded songs again you know kind of opened up something else for me like a new path to start going down and different musical exploration i'd I'd find myself walking to class all the time listening to this song just having (laughs) myself a giggle now just like nobody else knows what i'm listening to i feel so cool (laughs) look
0: at me go (laughs) i would argue the only part of that song that brings you out of anything is the last four seconds that we were just talking about yeah yeah because the rest of it is not something to bring anyone out of anything oh no no it seems like you want to live in a hole and just be there
1: yeah which is i was a little confused at first when when they started and it's just terrified and like, what am I getting myself into right now? Like, you know what? I don't, my buddy wants to hear it. It's going to be fine. (laughs) It's going to be okay. I
0: So I don't know a whole ton about Opeth. I have a friend of mine that we sat and listened to this entire album at 3 AM in the morning uh, over the summer and just sat there and listened to it. And it's, it is a, it is a journey, man. But Opeth, anytime I listen to their music, I feel like every concert should be done in a cathedral agreed like i know the type of music is not church music at all but i just feel like oh. the acoustics in a cathedral would take opeth to the place it wants to be all it the time sounds so cool right could you imagine i'm yeah. sure they've done it you know with, i'm, I'm sure, sure they have I'm, too. i mean I'm they're sure. they're they're a band from
1: sweden you know at the, one of their last albums they they put out they, they put out a like almost like a, like a two issue they did an english version and a swedish version of the mm. same album it's really, really cool.
0: So the lyrics, the lyrics were, were in Lyrically, were in it was all in,
1: in, in Swedish. Is, is it Swedish? It's Swedish? Swedish? Is what, is
0: Swedish. Finnish? 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 Swedish. Dutch? I don't know. I don't know either. Don't know. I, I'm not that yeah. worldly traveler. No, not at all. Not, yeah, not, not so all. I'm going to use
1: this opportunity to say, I don't know. However, it was really, really cool. I totally dug it. And they, they've had a few albums now that have just always, they, they've landed on on multiple, you know, top 100 metal albums of all time.
0: I'm a always a passenger on Opeth, never a driver.
1: Yeah, I started listening more, and I I do find myself liking the more acoustical side of Opeth. Their acoustical arrangements are incredible to listen to, and it's all this kind of led me to like one of my my now favorite songs called "To uh, uh, To Bid You Farewell." to bid you farewell okay yeah 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 well, we'll have to give, give that one a listen later Is that on off one of their newer albums no it's, it's it's off one of their older ones actually and uh it's I, I saw them play that live like why have i not listened to the softer side yeah. of opeth here because there's very much like a, a distinctive you know much harder opeth and a much softer opeth huh but- so yeah that's uh that's that's a little little opeth a little ghost of perdition and you know that that song led me into basically like almost a whole new genre of music. I didn't really know I liked.
0: I would say multiple genres, right? Like just oh, a whole for different sure. world of music that you can listen to. So you can do this all in one track? Yeah, I right. You're allowed? Just, you're allowed to do this? Yeah, yeah, you are. You are. If, yeah. they, if you play it, they will come. Indeed. Um,
1: so where does that where does that lead you, sir, in uh, in this mixtape?
0: This, mix this is me jumping off the proverbial cliff. And I'm doing it because... This is where the path has led us my friend daft punk something about us Get off it. of discovery let's push play i absolutely love daft punk this album discovery it was their sophomore album and it really was a kind of disco type album that they put out there like their first album was apparently more house music which it's the album homework and when they went to discovery they really wanted that kind of post disco feel one more time right yeah everybody yeah everybody knows one more time i mean it was sampled also by kanye later too we did a lot of stuff and harder better faster stronger right right right, that was a big one all off that same (laughs) album when you came here today, we were talking a little bit about Sturgill Simpson, Sound and Fury, how it was kind of an anime done to the soundtrack or the music that was on the album. Daft Punk did it first, man. If you ever see the One the One More Time video, it's a bunch of blue aliens dancing and playing music in okay. the video, which is an anime film that was made for the album called Interstellar 5555, which it's the story of the secret star system. I thought this was hilarious. It goes in the lead up to Discovery's release date, the duo adopted robot costumes claiming they had become robots as, an, as a result of an accident in their studio. And this album really did like put them in the spotlight. My my mom listened to all the pop, all the pop and dance music, so that has a special place in me so that like anytime I hear Daft Punk it's just awesome Mm -hmm. it just takes me back to that spot but the weird connection so i'm always looking we were talking about this a little earlier too right just that everything's connected you know the more you look at things like i picked these songs because they were songs that meant something to me do a little research start looking into it so off of daft punk's newest album random access memories there's a track on it called giorgio okay giorgio moroder was dubbed the father of disco It means this guy created disco. He was one of the first EDM people out there putting clicks on a track and making beats and sounds on a track. Like people didn't do that. You know Mm -hmm, what I mean? mm -hmm. And this song called Giorgio on Random Access Memory is a four minute song, but the first minute and a half is an interview with Giorgio. And he's talking about what he did. I used to go out to the discotheque and do the clubs and do all this stuff. Oh, really? and he's an Italian composer. And that's basically like Daft Punk's where they started. Like he is the guy, he's the father of disco. And they they honored him by doing a track on the oh, song. That's and it's super a really, cool. really cool song. And they didn't tell him about the track, they just interviewed him and let him talk about how he created music and his own music. Anyway, you look up Giorgio, he was on every 80s synthesizer soundtrack out there um every donna summer album he was the disco guy he made the disco sound well do a little digging into nights in white satin giorgio did a cover of that what are the odds that i pick something like two (laughs) songs one from my grandmother because her and her her husband listened to listen to it connected to a band that is just completely out there. Mine. I called da- Daft Punk. Like, yes, I was in the, the, you know, kind of club music sound. I like that the pumped up, you know, BPMs and all that kind of stuff. It's just fun to me. It always gets me in a good place. But I think Daft Punk is mine. Like no one said, like, "Hey Jim, listen to Daft Punk." I just did it. Discovered it, found it, and then I picked that song. And Giorgio's connected all through that. It's just wild that like finding all these little connections. He did "Nights in White Satin," a cover of it. Yeah, that's just really weird. It's just a really weird cover for him to do. But anyway, I have this on vinyl. I have it on CD. I want it on tape. I just, I, I love this album from start to finish. Before that. I didn't know Daft Punk having really lyrics to their song. Like the Something About Us and this Discovery album, there are a couple songs where they put full lyrics to it. And I really like it. That I was really great. Like I'd never heard yeah. that song before. Yeah, I, mean,
1: I was like, oh, this is a this is a nice little love song. Like yeah, it, it is. Exactly. It's a little love song. There. And I love that.
0: So, so yeah, I give you that. I give you Daft Punk, Something About Us. It, and it was well received. So, sir, yeah, I right, think you yeah, got that the, the, the next uh, one.
1: Believe i do and uh i think i'm just gonna move with the vibe i got from that again just kind of being that little love song vibe you know lyrically uh i think it'd be an appropriate move to go into a little devin townsend the live version of uh his song deadhead being performed at the uh royal albert hall
0: in london wonderful another live track another live track push play That song yeah
1: so a little bit of a little deadhead for mr devin townsend devin townsend i mean this man is in in my eyes is like one of the like progressive you know metal gods you know like his he he does like groove metal and uh, like he, he got his start i believe as as a backup guitarist uh for steve Vai think he got started with steve i what like the late 80s right. so i mean he's been doing it forever right 30
0: 30 yeah, yeah.
1: so i i think he's he's i think devin town's like a really good uh, singer and songwriter his voice is angelic like it's, it, there, there's a lot of albums and a lot of tracks that you listen to it almost sounds like it's it's gospel music
0: it really does he pulls from you know? a place that i don't hear other people pulling from
1: that that vibrato so it's very angelic but you can also get very growly and get really aggressive i like guess facial expressions like he looks evil he sometimes does, he, does, he does i think half of the fun with devin townsend music is is watching him play it banter is is hilarious yeah like even even in this song like like, you know, for, for those of you who are going to go venture out and listen to this, I mean, the middle of it, you know, it's it, it's a live show and everybody's just trying to find a beat and everyone, like people are doing it all up. He's like, yeah, no, I, I know you all love the song, but I please pick a tempo and then it is like going <laughs> to the next portion of the song. But I feel like this, this track for oh, me has been like a, a bit of like a recent revelation for me of like, it's become one of my favorite Devin Townsend track. I mean, you get the elements of, you know, very angelic voice juxtaposed with, you know, a bit of anger the growls. The lyrics in this song just always had me thinking, I'm definitely a hopeless romantic guy into the, the day. And uh, this song, like it speaks to me in that kind of like unrequited love right. kind of way. You're almost like pleading with somebody. You're just like, give into give into the unknown in in a sense and in a way but yeah i, I i've always had an affinity for 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 Devin townsend ever since uh, uh i think it was dan mcguire actually introduced me to to ziltoid the omniscience right what to talk about a concept album yeah, right that yeah. was a complete talk about a, like oh yeah it's just about it, an alien who <laughs> travels far across the omniverse to come what? to earth for what chris for the universe's ultimate cup of coffee That's what the whole album black about.
0: <laughs> that's it that's, that's it. what he's looking that's for it. the whole Ziltoid, album
1: the omniscient
0: which which dawned a a sequel
1: yeah z2 z2. Yeah. z2 which is where uh this particular live album yeah. that which just came from the first set of the concert was all z2 front to back and then it goes into the various number of you know catalog songs that that devon had between just you know, solo Devon Townsend to what was the guys of Devon Townsend Project. Yeah, I think they end up doing maybe like a Strapping Young Lad song in there at some point. Yeah, he he's got all these different you know bands under you know Project or solo wherever. I, just,
0: I did uh, while we were listening. I did a quick search of just associated acts for Devon Townsend. Let me read you the list: the Devon Townsend Band, mm-hmm. Devon Townsend Project, Strapping L- Young Lad. Casualties of Cool, Steve yes. Vai, Ween. I guess he worked with Ween. I knew trans, uh, trans Transdermal Celebration is a Ween song, interesting, which he covered. So I'm guessing you worked with him. Punky Brewster, which I'm not. A, I don't know of, but they have the little umlaut over their U, so they got to be cool. Okay. So Punky Blue staff. Um, Brewster, I R eight. Um, irate <laughs> irate <laughs> irate i think it's irate um i don't know i don't know devin's an interesting guy frontline assembly which i didn't know he was in frontline assembly interesting little list there i know but when you go through it devin townsend is that guy that is
1: well i mean like even late, late later on in in this in this live show and this live album he's he's asking he's like hey how many musicians do we have out there i don't how many people are in bands and you hear you know a bunch of cheers you know just whatever you're doing right now keep doing it keep getting after it. And he's like, we've been doing this for 20 plus years. Like, look, I have a guitar with with my own logo in it. Like yeah. it lights up. He's like, Are You <laughs> kidding me? This is so cool. He's like, keep doing it. It's you a know. long road, but if you love it, it'll pay off man That's like awesome the, the guy seems like one of the coolest human beings on the planet canadian, nice imagine imagine oh, yeah. but he's a canadian bloke isn't he yeah he is a nice guy imagine that oh yeah but he's also like really socially awkward too yeah. uh, i was watching another live show he did in a cathedral did three nights in a cathedral all acoustic There's solo by it. himself yeah. I, I watched the third night's performance and it, he comes out it's like after his third or fourth song he's like I just got to say, is the first time I wore glasses, I was honestly kind of terrified about doing such a small show like this that I didn't wear my glasses. So I couldn't see anybody in the audience wow. sitting in literally sitting in pews church in a right church there, yeah. cathedral, massive old cathedral. Huh. So he's like, this is the first time I'm wearing my glasses. Cause you know, i Probably take a look at everybody who came out to take the time to see this, you know. He's like, So thank you, everybody. Like That's funny. I think he's a really humble, really cool dude, and I, I think his music's incredible. So
0: Devin yeah, Townsend project Devin Townsend with some deadhead for you. I love it. And to go with the band of the jam bands because you have some you know jammy songs on here along. Deadhead, we got the the grateful dead which didn't yeah. make an appearance on here i'm not a huge dead you know what
1: it's I'm funny not... i like I, I like some jam bands but i'm not a grateful dead this is what i have to say about the grateful Dead. Well, and this is this to is say. what i'm gonna say about yeah. them yeah, and me. then we can move on I, I i feel like it's pretty simple for me Is with the grateful dead i get it
0: i don't get it if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I get you. I think I get you. Like, hey, yeah, man, first to market is not always, doesn't always mean it's the best. Right. The people that were right. there with them when they started, I'm sure they're, they are committed fans, you know? For sure. And if but, it was something I grew up with, something um, my parents listened to, and like, I I,
1: I don't mind the Grateful Dead. I'm not saying anything negative because I've, I've listened to some, some nice little jams here and there. And it's like, this is, okay, no, yeah, I get it. Yeah. But again, I don't get it so I, I was never that never that deep in there neither have i yeah no, so different. actually the the, the the name of the song was influenced from another band um yeah it was this band called uh god huh. and then that that that's what i think he, he basically took the name from no
0: th- this is interesting that you're putting all this in there because i didn't include any industrial songs in here techno and industrial were kind of like my own tracks we have stuff from our pops, we have stuff from our mom, we have from Aunt Monica, mm-hmm. we have Bob G. have my grandmom, you yeah, know, yeah. but then if you would say, like, what music made me, like, by myself, without anyone else's help, my scene was always Industrial Techno, Nine Inch Nails, KMFDM, Devin Townsend fits right into Frontline Assembly, Strapping Young Lad, they were all kind of in that same, same universe. So you had Deadhead Live by Devin Townsend Project. And we have one pick each, man. Yeah, this is coming yeah. down to it. Yeah, Down this to is, the wire. This is, this is the last one. So this is the last one for me, and this one holds a special place in my heart for a lot of reasons that we'll go into here. Um, it's CKY, Disengage the Simulator. Let's go Push ahead. play.
1: Push play on that bad boy right
0: there. Yeah, man, Disengage the Simulator by CKY. Dig it. this is volume one it's, it's 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 off the album volume one that's 96 quite bitter beings that's the the songs people know for the most part um disengage the simulator but they were apparently on the warp tour mm-hmm. they were part of the warp tour in 2000 and they had an ep out that had this song and a bunch of other songs but it was actually released now I, for the life of me i can't figure out the actual timeline of how this happened but this song was on a, an album called volume two which was a follow-up from their volume one, which has this song on it, but volume two also had this song on I like I, I just don't know. I was I was in high school and I had just gotten into CKY, this album. I remember being down the shore, Wildwood, New Jersey, just bought this and then listening to it on my disc man, just with like behind the head earphones, oh, sitting yeah. on like the top deck of the hotel that where the sunbathers go, and there's no one up there. And I just listened to this album like to a point where it was like, okay, I can't listen to that album anymore. And then I push play again, you know, you just keep on listening to it. That that's, I personally have it. Like when I find a song I like, I just continually listen oh, yeah. over and over and over to the point where, yeah, I get tired you're, of it. I would say, yeah, you're, you're, you're basically sick of the song that yeah. you love so much and then what i do and i think i'm learning through at least this process i assume everybody knows the song the way i do because i listen to it 16,000 times mm-hmm. but like that song for you you might never heard that song i
1: never heard that no I, I thought everyone I, I, I had never. i never dove know? into cky like that
0: so volume two back to this volume two i had their first album it was i got it in a cd store coconuts i think You remember that? Do you remember that store? Coconuts. Um, And then they had Disco Round. They had so many different CD stores and, you know, good memories going through. Fye, What was it? Okay. Was it the wall before FYE?
1: Because when we,
0: when we were around, when they switched to FYE and people would still, was it Sam Goody?
1: Oh, yeah, no, that's a better name job. I think it was Sam. It Goody. wasn't
0: Tower Records because I knew no. there's specific Tower Records in South Street days to go to downtown Philly. That was my Tower Records. I think it was um, Sam Goody. Sam Goody went to FYE because everyone would still call it Sam Goody and be like, oh, no, it's FYE now. Oh, no. Um, and no. they're like, oh, sorry, we don't know what's going for on. For your entertainment. Uh, for there. your. Okay, gotcha. All right. But so I got volume one at Coconuts. The other one I had to buy off a website, volume two. And if you remember Jackass, were you a big Jackass fan? Oh, I watched a bit. Do you know Yon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rakeon sent me the CD. It was self-addressed from Yeah. So the CD was blue and yellow. I still, I wish I could find it because I had it and it had like crank calls on it and they'd call people like, do you oh. guys have the game Monster Ball sack Ranges? <laughs> Just it's doing like, like a crank is, yeah, crank anchors, type anchors or Jerky like, Boys. Yeah, yeah. And there was funny songs on it. And then they had demos from CKY, and they had uh, these different songs. So Disengaged Simulator was an EP that they had too. On the front of the album is a is a woman screaming. Oh yeah, it looks like the trick so, from uh, looks like the trick from The Shining. Well, it is from a horror movie. So let me look into this real quick. So it's. Her name is, what is her name? Her name is Robert Paulson. No, her name is Felisa Rose. So she's from a 1983 kind of horror flick called Sleepaway Camp. Where oh yeah, it's classic, kind of classic, classic slasher like, movie. Like one of those. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. You have seen it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, it's been a long time. I've never seen it. I've it is, never seen it.
1: It is a staple and classic so, in the horror genre.
0: Okay, good to know. Good to know. So Darren Miller, the founder of CKY, vocals you hear on there singing, is a huge horror movie buff, and he put that picture of her on the front. He would later marry her. He married. The lead person in really? that sleepaway sleepaway camp? Huh. How wild is that? That's just like a crazy like, and it's just and I couldn't. I tried to look up like, did they know each other before? That's that, that was, was my that. that was
1: my next question. I it's couldn't find like, anything. You know,
0: can I use your face right here and just yeah. put it on on this? Or is did he? Cool? Or did he just love that Where movie they, and then found yeah, her? Yeah, because she's from Los Angeles. They're married, have three kids, Whoa. still married. And apparently Miller made a cameo appearance and the band made a cameo appearance into return to sleep away camp in 2008. I guess they did a, a rehash of the movie Yo. and he and the band were in it. So I just thought that was like really cool. Cause I've seen that face before and I didn't know what a strange, like turn of events and I can't find anything about it. So I don't know. They might've known each other before, but I honestly think he found her after loving the movie and,
1: and then just uh, yeah. maybe just put her on there. And then that's how they got connected
0: anyway. Just like <laughs> maybe because I don't know. Apparently, the album that came out, that EP Disengage the Simulator, was only they only made 2000 copies. So I don't have a copy of that. Whoa. So that face isn't a big thing that's out there. Wow. Yeah. So where we're at now is we have gone through 17 tracks of what has made Chris and Jim kind of who who we are who today we are today through yeah. the music through our experiences what we've taken what we've lost what we've gained yeah and chris you have the honor of closing us out and playing us off you know and final pick had i known this
1: i i think i would have played instead of pass in the beginning
0: that's uh, <laughs> okay man I, hey, know, I know i know where we are is no, where we are i'm
1: not mad at this last one because as i was i was i was going through my 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 picks today and was trying to do some last minute changes and shuffles and this one occurred to me it was like, I'm, it's like i was kind of mad at myself i didn't I didn't think of this one immediately so this one has like this one's deep rooted in, into my childhood very much so i love it so think about it to round this all out we're going to go with the classic michael jackson thriller Let's do
0: it. Yeah, Michael Jackson's Thriller. I love that that's her last song. I love it so much. Yeah. I think that should be on my side too for some songs that just really I, like uh, it, it crystallized was, themselves in my life. Yeah,
1: it was yeah. very much a big part of my childhood. And a lot of what was part of my childhood was was actually that music video itself. And funny enough that this VHS tape of the, so they, they, they did the music video and then shortly after came out with the documentary, the making of, and my grandparents, I don't know if it was my aunts or what, for whatever reason, they had a copy at their house.
0: A so, bought copy or a recorded copy?
1: Like a bought copy, like in like VHS sleeved, Really? Documentary, thriller. the making of thriller. And it always started with the actual music video. And I was terrified of the music video, you know, and, and it's, it's, you know, Michael Jackson and his girl, and then they're going on a nice little drive and they're like walking through the woods. And he's like, I'm not like other guys. The full moon comes out and he turns into you know a a werewolf and those, those practical effects that they used. Yeah. And I had no idea until I was looking into this, that they, they got the guy who directed American Werewolf in London uh what was that uh john landis, landis, landis. direct the music video i had no idea which makes so much more sense now so I, I think this like this particular song and this particular music video launched me into probably like my love of horror
0: movies oh so twofold, twofold yeah i think yeah. a little bit
1: twofold yeah. for sure because again terrified me and i remember i remember being told like no no no, like this is fake and then like here watch this is how they made it so help me like understand a little bit more as a young child like that was the most fascinating thing i had ever seen and i found one thing like two <laughs> two funny things so i was obsessed with that dance yeah and i, I was i remember being a kid and watching trying this to and do trying it. to do it and i could i i had most of it down During our senior prom, they played Thriller because, (laughs) because when they sent around the, you know, hey, what is your, what is your class of 2005? What is your class song going to be? And we as a class had a write in and we wrote in Thriller and it won, but they didn't want that to be the official class of 2005 prom song they did they did (laughs) a a green day time of your life oh boo yeah but they end up playing funny thing we we still had the song played anyway and i remembered some of the dance and I i started i got out there and there was some other girl i think it was one or two other people new part of the dance too and we were doing the thriller dance that's awesome at at our prom which i thought was incredible that will always be a memory for me i will never ever forget oh man and i yeah so so that one that that particular music video had a lot a lot for me in my in my childhood growing up it
0: had a lot for me too different different reasons i guess I mean, of course, anytime I saw a Michael Jackson dance move, I tried to do it. So oh, like absolutely. anything, anything Michael danced, I wanted to dance to. And I, I mean, I don't know if I've gotten it. I'm going to say no, no one can get that. But um, I definitely yeah, I've haven't. definitely tried, definitely tried all of it. My biggest thing with Thriller was I so do you remember Moonwalker? It was a Michael Jackson full-length movie called Moonwalker. No. Watch it. It was a whole... There was a Nintendo video game called Moonwalker, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. There was a movie. There was all these things. Full-length movie, like wow. hour and a half. I don't remember what it was about. I think somebody stole this... this girl and he was like from space but he wasn't and he danced everyone to death and whatever i don't know he it was danced uh, everyone it was to uh, death. It's pretty much what he did dude I, I really have not seen it in years he cut but, the rugs so uh, quick around him it burned them alive that's what happened so every time i would see thriller and then the, the making of thriller in my feeble childhood mind i'm like there has to be a movie thriller where is the rest of this movie They're showing me behind the scenes of this movie that they made. Where is the Michael Jackson is a werewolf thriller movie? Where does that exist? I came to my mom was like, can I, can we get the thriller movie? And she's like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? She's like, it's just the video. And I'm like no incorrect there's no way they could put that much time and effort just into a music video do a behind the scenes making they freaking did dude i did a little research on this half a million dollars they spent half a million dollars making that movie or that video not a movie not a movie it makes sense
1: it makes sense you know you know that actually that that music video uh is uh described by the library of congress as uh, one of the Perfect uh, most capsule. famous music videos of all time, of all time, and it became the first music video uh, inducted into the National Film Registry.
0: No way, really? Yeah, wow. because
1: it has like cultural
0: significance. We have been on a journey, man, and and you know I said it earlier. I think to really to wrap it all up, you are a person that likes to be on a journey. You like to take yeah. a journey. You like to take a ride oh yeah unapologetic ride man because some of these songs start out crazy and one place we had you know beastie boys which was like hip-hop telling stories we had songs like third eye looking inward into yourself and and just long 13 minutes and 51 seconds of like pure music discovery in that you know like everything you've done has just been like start to finish start somewhere, end up somewhere different. Maybe, maybe not. It doesn't matter. It's just a journey. And I love that about you. And I think I learned more about you to be, I mean, we've been friends now for oh. what 15 years, man. Started our journey at Shippensburg. Absolutely. Um,
1: Absolutely. And, and I finding, feel like I know
0: you, I know finding you. Finding
1: common musical ground back then, to, you know, to kind of become friends through, you know, like, like, like Pink Floyd. And I, right. and I agree. I, I feel like I, I know you too, really, really well as a human being. And I know you've had a very – I know you do have a very eclectic musical taste, and uh, you're already very knowledgeable all around. But, no, this was a little bit of a discovery for me, too, which you've given me a lot to go back on, too. Like, you know, giving me some good suggestions, go broaden my horizons even more, which is what I love about music.
0: Yeah, man. Constantly. You just – you can – yeah. Because you can choose. You can love these songs, take them to your heart wherever you love. You can love the music just for the music's sake. Yeah. Finding cool stuff about music you already love. Yeah, just just
1: songs that I I've loved for years and years and years. There's always a second half of the story. There's always another little factoid out there. Just to hear how Let it
0: connected with you too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, this has been uh this's been a lovely experience, man. I am incredibly grateful for you taking the trip with me. Two parts. Two parts. We've now done like like it i don't know about five hours of sitting and listening to music together yeah it sounds about right <laughs> it's been a ride man i appreciate you know you being here and i'm gonna push stop on this mixtape man and let it out to the world that's where we leave it i like it bud all right dude thank until so next much. time thank you and uh we'll be talking indeed later dude bye so there it is everyone the complete mixtape the music that made us episode one of the Jamcast. Now be sure to like, subscribe, follow for all the latest and greatest Jamcast episodes, and we'll be back in two weeks with an interview that you don't want to miss. Also, follow me on Spotify and YouTube to make sure you have the music available when you're ready to push play. All right, everyone, until next time, jam on.